on today's creativity chat, I have Wendy and Chloe Collins from Perennial Pop Co. We are going to be talking about just being ready to pivot. So thank you, ladies, for being on today's creativity chat. Thanks so much for having us. We're glad to be here. We're happy to be here. So Wendy and Chloe are a mom and daughter duo that created a dairy-free, soy-free, gluten-free popsicle brand in the Atlanta area. And I'm one of those people that I always go through seasons where I'm like, I'm dairy free. Like I want to be vegan, you know, different things like that. So when I saw them, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try these popsicles for a while. So I got so excited. Yeah. We're definitely, um, I mean, there are so many people who love our pops, but the, the vegan curious and, um, people who are sort of trying to integrate, you know, more plant-based, things into their lives definitely appreciate our pops for sure well it's cool because this came from a need in your own personal life chloe you had dietary restrictions with dairy and soy and so you were like hey uh i enjoy sweets (laughs) how do i how do i keep eating them exactly yeah we would be um wandering down supermarket aisles in the frozen section trying to find um dairy free and soy free ice creams. And at the time, there really wasn't a lot available on the market that wasn't soy based. Um, And so another thing that we would always look for was interesting flavors, because a lot of times you see, you know, there's more variety nowadays, but you see kind of the same flavors. Um, And we have always been really into like sort of botanically inspired flavors, um, things that are a little more interesting, internationally inspired flavors. And so uh, we decided to create a product that reflects that. I love the word obscure, but they are obscure flavors <laughs> like the golden milk turmeric and then raspberry lavender. And what got me was blueberry lemon basil. Oh yeah, the, the summer uh, flavor. It's a seasonal flavor and um, we partner with local farm um, every year to create it. So uh, be on the lookout next summer. <laughs> We're going to be partnering with the local farm for the blueberries as well as the organic organic blueberries, organic basil. Mm-hmm. So it really is one of our favorites. It's delicious. Yeah. yeah it's really good. <laughs> Another aspect of um, what makes our product unique, our pops unique, they're all creamy. Yes. Yes. So that's unusual as well. Yeah. That is true because sometimes it, when I've had dairy-free things, it's either, it just tastes like mm-hmm. ice. Exactly. It's not thick. I had the mango and I just thought, oh my gosh, like, how do they do this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, you know, ice pops are great, but I've always been um, more attracted to the more decadent <laughs> desserts and things that were creamy. So that's, that's what we wanted to create. Did you know starting out that you wanted to partner locally with local farmers and whatnot? Our priorities definitely centered around um, having as many organic ingredients as possible, um, making sure that we were um, sourcing fair trade chocolate and coffee and sugar. And another part of what we um, have been interested in doing is sourcing local organic produce as well, Um, which can be a little trickier finding produce that's both local and organic. Um, But it's definitely, you know, worthwhile when we are able to partner with local companies and even our coffee pop, we partner with a local um, company that door from Bronson and we use their organic and fair trade French roast. So um, and we love doing things yeah. like that. And it's getting better. The um, partnerships are beginning to v- develop and I think they'll be ongoing. So mm-hmm. we're really excited about that too. Yeah. What did approaching people look like in, in the beginning stages of here's a dream that we have. 
um, will you join us? Yeah, I think in terms of partnerships, um, it just really comes down to reaching reaching out to people. And um, we would meet people at farmers markets as well. Um, you know, they're a great place to sort of network and just and just meet people. You interact with so many great producers there. That's true. And we would actually offer a lot of samples. Mm -hmm. Um, we still we still do that, but not as much as we did initially. And also, we're in a different environment where we're not going to give out cup samples to you know everything has. We want everything packaged and closed. But when it comes to partnering with other businesses, we literally let them try the product. We tell them who we are, what we're doing, and we share the product with them. Mm -hmm. I saw you at you were on site at a like a business location, and like you said, you do markets and events. And I, I remember going to one of my coworkers and saying, oh my goodness, there's a label on this because sometimes you go to markets and you just get food and you don't have nutritional values and labels. And I, like, that stood out to me the first time I had your popsicle. So why did you decide to start doing that like right off the bat? I thought it was really important. Um, even before we had our official wholesale retail labels on the package with the barcode, even before that. We thought, um, you know, even though we're at a farmer's market or doing some sort of market, it's really important for one, customers to see our brand, recognize our name, see a consistent logo so that they recognize us from a business perspective, that was just smart. But on the back, we also thought it was important for them to understand what was in that pot. Yeah. What type of yeah. ingredients were in that pot. Our ingredients are so much of what differentiates us, I think, from other um, products on the market. And so I think it was really important for us to show, you know, here we're using organic ingredients. These are fair trade ingredients. Um, and, you know, for people who do have sensitivities and dietary restrictions, it's really important to know what you're, what you're consuming. Um, so. In presentation. No, <laughs> presentation is important. Well, I was gonna say the presentation aesthetics was an important part in the early stages. We um, wanted to have a logo that represented our product. Um, Chloe can talk more about that because she um, actually envisioned the original logo. She talked about what she envisioned. I actually sketched it out and you could talk about that. I think a lot of the initial process for coming up with sort of our branding and um, a product and even the flavors that we wanted to offer um, was just, it felt inspired. Like we, you know, we're brainstorming and we just had all these ideas and um, it felt like everything was just sort of flowing through us. The logo design was sort of a similar experience where um, I sort of just had this vision in my mind of, you know, the circle and the pop and the lavender and our name, you know, through the middle. Um, and so my mom sketched it out. And um, we thought, you know, this was, would just be like a preliminary, like working logo and we would get somebody who's, you know, more technical artist to do the watercolor for us and everything that we could use. Or to do something um, Or some, yeah, or even, you know, sort of take that and, as inspiration and do something, you know, more quote unquote professional <laughs> or whatever. And um, we actually ended up just really loving that initial design and we've stuck with it, um, you know, say for a couple of word changes, it's, it's, the same really um so it's a fun process <laughs> it's cool that you can take what you see in your mind and then just like make it tangible now you see it digitally all the time exactly so that's special yeah. we're talking about pivoting and you guys have had to pivot 
specifically this year. So tell me what that's been like. It's been a journey. It has been a journey. And, you know, like, like all other business owners, no one knew what we were going to be up against. Um, starting our business three years ago, there's no way we would have imagined um, that anyone would be in the position that we um, were in um, beginning uh, late winter, early winter of this um, 2020. Um, but when we developed the business, we knew that we should have multiple screen, streams of um, revenue. We did know that. We thought that would be smart. We didn't want to rely on, um, we didn't want to rely on uh, events or special events, including farmers markets, festivals. We don't want to rely on that. So that was important. Um, we didn't want to rely on catering at universities or for celebrations or fundraisers, um, although those were two um, aspects. Um, and we knew that wholesale eventually would play a role, but little did we know by um, and preparing for, to be wholesale or selling to retailers early before we thought we were even ready to do that. Little did we know that that would be our saving grace, that that would be our pivot that allowed us to keep going when all of the other business literally disappeared. Mm -hmm. Everything completely canceled, but because we had already um, obtained our licensing for wholesale, we had already um, uh, not just created or worked with the Department of Agriculture to get our nutrition labels, our nutrition fact labels and our barcodes um, and actually started uh, producing uh, wholesale labels. We had no idea that we would completely pivot and rely on that business and start developing that side of the business as our primary uh, stream of revenue. And that's what happened. And we're really happy that we were put ourselves in that position or prepare. So I guess a big thing for us and for other businesses to do is to really not just focus on what you think you need to do now, but always look ahead. Always prepare to do more than you think you're even ready to do. Think ahead, you know, and, and if you need resources in order to do that, you need to work with people who know more than you do. Um, engage, work with those people. Yeah. Whether it's an accelerator or an incubator or whatever it is you need to do, always be around people that know more and are doing bigger things than you are to inspire you and, and help you to learn the steps that you need to learn in order to be prepared. And I think also to, to add to that, a huge part of being a business owner is um, being agile and being flexible and being able to pivot. Um, you know, it's like, even when we started, our business looks so different than when we, what we thought it might look like, you know, three years down the road. And so um, I think it's just really important to be open as a business owner, because what you project is going to be your main focus or what you think is going to work. It's not always what people respond to. And so um, I think, you know, if you have a really great concept and a great product or um, whatever it is, you, you can find ways to sort of mold it so that it, it works and that it fits um, with your customers and what they want. Um, and so it's just something I think that I don't know that we, really heard people talk about this before we got started, but it's something we learned, um, you know, just from experience. You weren't necessarily, oh, let me prepare for a pandemic, but you were prepared for what could be or what, what we hope to be. And I think that's, that's special. So yeah, 
perspective. You just moved to a new kitchen. Yeah. Tell me about that. It's um, a really beautiful space. Uh, we, we're excited because it's, it means that we're sort of leveling up and we are um, expanding and increasing our capacity. Um, and so this is definitely a stage that we're excited to be moving into. The timing has been interesting because we've done all this in the midst of a pandemic. Um, so there's been a lot to sort of consider, but you know, like we've said, the pivot has really allowed for us to make this move. And also this move is supporting the business that we want to do moving forward. And, and the environment that we're in, not only is it a great facility, it's a supportive environment. Mm -hmm. It's a very supportive environment. And by being there, we also see that we'll have additional opportunities for um, getting our product to wholesalers. Um, we're, we're involved with um, a couple of projects where we're going to be working on deliveries, everything from shipping to local delivery service. Um, so where we are, it supports, it's all come together. And um, they're supporting us and other businesses and achieving some of those types of goals as well. Yeah, and it's so. great to be surrounded by um, other business, yes. other businesses, other business people who you can sort of bounce ideas off of, um, share stories and experiences and, and learn and grow together. What would be your dream wholesale store? Our sort of ideal wholesale accounts are sort of specialty um, co-ops and retailers and specialty grocers, um, you know. Yeah, a dream one, I don't, I don't know about a specific name. I mean, there are a couple that we might have in mind. Um, that we're beginning to, you know, work towards. But I think the idea or the concept would be, um, at least from my perspective and what we've kind of talked about, to have um, more regional distribution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, and that would be kind of in, within reason, within the stage that we're moving into. We think that that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Um, growing, growing within Georgia. And of course, eventually, um, outside of Georgia as well. Well, I think that's that says something to the concept of like start small and then like grow bigger, but also start locally, which you've obviously done a really lovely job of that by being in the community and partnering with people around and then having that kind of expand throughout the state and then ultimately, hopefully, not only nationally, but like worldwide. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, and, and not to say that this is a bad thing, but we see... Um, you know, these businesses that appear to sort of like boom overnight, um, get a lot of attention and, you know, it's wonderful for them, but I think there's something to be said for growing at a slower, steady pace, um, because it really means that you can have all of your systems in place. You can make sure that the quality of your product is what you want it to be. You can make sure that your presentation is what you want it, want it to be and that you're really putting yourself out there in a way that um, it reflects what you want your brand to reflect. Um, and I think, you know, doing things at a, at a slower pace and on a smaller scale really allows you to gain that experience so that you can grow and grow into a larger, larger distribution or larger presence. And it also has helped us to, and I believe will continue to help us to develop relationships. Um, we see the importance in that. And um, one thing that we're really big on, and I think this is personal, but it definitely spills into and reflects on business. We're big on um, honesty and integrity. That's just the way 
and working kind of in a clean, clear, and bright way. It may sound corny, but that's what works for us. And if you can't really operate that way, I think things could become a bit foggy and you can lose your way as a business. So we want to keep moving in that direction. Yes. Even if it means moving at a slower pace, that's fine. I like that. In what ways this year have you felt like your creativity has shifted or expanded? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I can say that I've always been a pretty creative person. Um, I was very poetic as a child and I loved music. So that hasn't changed much. Um, and I'm still very driven by aesthetics and literary arts and music. So I definitely see perennial popco as an extension of my passion for um, beautiful, beautiful sensory experiences. I think that it's allowed me to express my creativity in different ways. So um you know I, even from designing the logo to coming up with flavors i mean that's a creative process um you know sort of thinking thinking about that yeah and also i guess this period as challenging as it is um it's allowed us to kind of step back pull back and as people really develop and work on what makes us creative what we love what inspires us and that definitely spills into the business. And we've been doing a lot more of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think, again, the situation has kind of that, but it's important to be able to pull back and you know, decide like what inspires you? What do you love? What did you forget about that was there? Mm -hmm. Because you were so caught up in being busy. Right. Um, so we're busy, but we're taking time because the balance is really important as people, it's just important. And um, Chloe has her interest in things that she's passionate about. She's passionate about her business, but she's passionate also about life and her personal interest, um, her cre creativity, everything from. Yeah, I think, I mean, you could even think of this as, I guess, work-life balance, really, yeah, um, is, which is, is maybe, you know, but not like every super radical. But <laughs> like you can't travel, but like literature and yeah, music. And yeah, I think just um, both of us are, sort of becoming better at achieving balance. And I think if you, even just upgrading the mundane, like, you know, play, you know, putting on jazz music and drinking your tea while you're getting ready for the day or reading some poetry having before bed, having your flowers next to you in your, in your home. Um, so I think that, um, you know, if you are able to be a whole person or a more well-rounded person, then you can bring that with you into your business. So. While we do, you know, whoever says, like, I want to be an entrepreneur so that I can make my own hours, it's like, that's great, but your hours are going to be much longer than if you're working a nine to five. Um, so, you know, but we work a lot and we work hard, but I think not running yourself ragged is really important because um, if you're not taking care of yourself, then you can't show up how you want to in your business or in any other aspect of your life. So um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a roundabout answer to your question, but I think just engaging. Um, in the things that make you, that spark your creativity. So whether it's journaling or, you know, reading or watching documentaries, I don't know. These are all very like nerdy <laughs> things. Oh, that's, you sound like me. <laughs> and also finding ways to be of service. We can't necessarily do what we were doing as far as being of service, but there are different ways to show up and offer service through not to maybe making your product available where it wouldn't have been available or yeah even on a personal level like you know we've done some 
food drive donations yeah. and, um, you know, just different things sort of to try to engage and connect in this strange time um, yeah. where you can't like see people or talk to people or interact with people in the same ways. I don't know. I think creativity, the point of all of this is just that creativity can look very different. It's, it doesn't always have to be the first thing that comes to mind, which might be, you know, being an artist um, or a musician or things like that. It can, it can look different, I think, for different people. And so just in finding and engaging with what makes you feel creative, what sort of sparks that uh, joy. Is that Marie, Marie Kondo? <laughs> um, Do you need help folding? I, I actually have well, this is not necessarily a creative process. I guess there's creative aspects, but one thing I've done during this pandemic is get really into being, to organizing. Mm -hmm. um, and so drawer organizers are like my best friend. I love folding now. <laughs> so that's been a, that's also been a process, a fun yeah. process. And, and for me, um, part of my, what's important to me in business and business and personal, I'm, I'm into aesthetics and beauty for sure. I am. I love it. But I'm also into comfort and creating processes and systems that you don't necessarily notice, but they make you feel better. Mm -hmm. So you might have that beautiful environment or set up office or whatever, um, or business setup, and people don't realize the reason why it's running so seamlessly or the reason why it feels so nice or the reason why you like being in that space is because a lot of thought has gone into um, the organizational aspect of it, setting it up and having certain processes that are seamless. Like when we're working with the customer, if we don't have processes that are pretty smooth and seamless, it may look like no effort went into it, that there's just a flow, but it's that way for a reason because, you know, we put in the time of figuring out, yeah. you know, how it's going to be comfortable yeah. for everybody and enjoyable for everybody. Being organized is actually quite liberating. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> It's one of my things for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on today's creativity chat. I will link all of Perennial Popco's uh, website, social media links in the show notes. And if you see Wendy or Chloe at a market one day, or you know, you see their name in the grocery store, you should 100% purchase <laughs> a popsicle or a box of pops because I really like them. Um, so. Thank you. Thanks. And I hope you have a lovely rest of the day. You as well. Bye. <laughs>